The Bazaar is a podcast that deals with mature subject matter that some listeners may find offensive or upsetting. The Bazaar is not recommended for any listeners under 18 years of age. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to The Bazaar. Hello, hi, what's going on? Love it, okay. I love your headshot in this, by the way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the bizarre. The most bizarre, I don't know, I like to think that every episode is really bizarre. Who knows? I think we just keep getting stranger. But Zoom is not cooperating for either Morgan or I, so we're without video, so we can't see each other. It's basically a phone call. And the picture I have up is a headshot from a show that I'm in virtually right now. (laughs) And it's basically me as an astronaut. Can we talk about the fact that the patch on the front of your jacket is not just an astronaut putting a flag on what I assume is Mm -hmm. the moon, but it's an astronaut putting the gay pride flag on what I assume is the moon? Yes, you're welcome. (laughs) Queer white. Queer. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Queer (laughs) rights, everyone, especially in space. Um... I would like to say that I cross-stitched, um, I have actually cross-stitched a picture of two astronauts putting the queer pride flag on the moon, so uh, that is not as unique as you might think. <laughs> I, it's, it's really not. I just think that people should be allowed to be gay wherever, especially in space. Oh, very much. I just like that uh, me and whoever made that patch are on the same yeah. wavelength. It's, uh, space is for the gays. Spaces for the gays. You've heard it here first. So everyone. says uh, that patch. So says. Oh, you don't. You, no one has a video on right now. They can't see. No. Uh, <laughs> I was gifted a patch. I was gift of a uh, gifted a patch of a a girl in space with some space buns that look like me. So once again, space is for the gays. Space is for the gays and the gays only. I'm sorry, straight people cannot come to space. <laughs> Spaces for gays and snakes. Yeah. <laughs> That's our motto. We're making a t-shirt with a gay snake out in space. (laughs) Gay space snake. You're welcome, everybody. In your your opinion, what what is the gayest snake there is, really? Oh. Like, what kind of snake, I think, is the gayest? Like, the most gay snake? Like, Mm species-wise? Subspecies-wise? Okay, um, Mm. I'm going to... This may be an unpopular opinion, but I think the most queer snake out there is... Hear me out. The rattlesnake. It literally has a maraca. It is there just fucking making yeah, its own no, music. Yeah, no, that's a good one. As it slithers around. I think that's the most gay snake. You know what? People don't <laughs> to me about this, but I, I, think it's, I think it's the rattlesnake. What about you? No, that's a really good one. It, it has a flare. It has a flare to it. Right? Um, I... You know, I was going to say the garter snake solely because it's common. They're everywhere, <laughs> you know, just like us queers. <sighs> yes. They're everywhere. They're yes. unassuming. They might be in your garden. You know, it just. <laughs> the new. <laughs> if there ever were a commercial for gay people, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, we should have They're common. They're everywhere. They may be in your garden. Yeah. They're common. They're everywhere. They may be in your garden. Queer people. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, so 2021 finally got good. We have a woman in the vice presidency. We have a, a black Asian American woman in the White House doing shit. And I just want to say I'm, I'm a huge fan. If she ever <laughs> wants to come oh, on the podcast. Oh, that makes me... <laughs> <laughs> Kamala Harris, I know you are both American and very busy, but these two Canadian gals would love to have you on our podcast. You know nothing about us or our podcast, but we think you'd be like a great, a great addition to the team if you, if you would like yes. to join. Um, <laughs> so, you know, have your people contact our people. And by our people, it's literally just us. We are our own people. Um, it's fine. Can we also take a moment, because this is blowing up everywhere on the internet, to talk about Bernie Sanders and the way that this man... Have you oh. seen that? Oh, the his... his this could have been a text. Uh, I'm in the back of a meeting 
and have places to be look <laughs> i saw this pop up on my explore feed for instagram and i wish i would have taken a screenshot of it but someone photoshopped him to look like he was waiting for the ttc and i cried <laughs> oh my god yeah no people have photoshopped him in a lot of different places it's so funny one of my other favorites someone oh sorry uh, no go on no go no, no you, you go. go we're so canadian no you <laughs> Wait, who's going? Me or you? <laughs> you. <laughs> Fine. Fuck. Okay. Jesus. Trying to be nice. <laughs> Someone photoshopped him like in the front row of like a runway show, which was also f- just phenomenal. Yeah, no, that really. Yeah. Yeah. That really suits it. Um, someone photoshopped him in a merch booth, which I found really funny. <laughs> You know, but I think the my favorite audience? was literally just. Oh, yes. What? Him, him in the front row of a, of a show, or better yet, him nice. at an audition table. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. I was like him in an audition panel. <laughs> yeah. The Instagram dude with a sign. He posted one where it's like him, like he's holding up a sign, but he's photoshopped Bernie Sanders. So it looks like he's holding up Bernie <laughs> Sanders on a chair. And uh, that is, oh my God, I tried to pull up the Instagram and every video on Instagram just started playing as I pulled up dude with the sign. <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh God, I love that. You know what? Bernie Sanders is America's grandpa. Right? Like that's just the vibe he gives he off. Like he's just everyone's grandpa. He's Bernie. Um, yeah. So what's what's new in your world? You're moving. You're. I'm moving. Uh, within yes. the city, I am. Nice. I. I think that's it. <laughs> it truly, I'm there's moving. nothing else going on in the Ontario world. Yeah, I. I am moving for the second time during this pandemic. So we will see how that goes. Um. And while it sounds like that means I've moved a lot in the past year, truthfully, it's almost been a year since I've lived here, which means it's almost been a year that this pandemic is happening. That's the most terrifying thing anyone could have said. Yeah, I move. I move at the beginning of March, which marks literally a year since I've been in this apartment. So... (laughs) But yeah, because didn't you move like from one unit to another unit in the building that you're in? So technically it wasn't like a huge. I did. So it wasn't like you, you moved across it wasn't the a city huge a bunch move. of times, which is, I no. I need to move this summer. I'm waiting until the summer because that's when my lease is up. So I'm waiting it out, you know, just biding my time. <laughs> I can't wait to get the fuck out of this building. I'm just, I'm over the whole like high rise situation here. That's yeah, no, that's <sighs> and the issue with Toronto is that you either live in a basement or you live in a high rise, and there's really mm-hmm. no in between. <laughs> yeah, if I could find like a solid uh, ground floor apartment, I'd be I'd be very happy. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm excited because I'm moving into a basement apartment, but the entrance is a backyard, so. I get myself a nice little backyard. So what you're saying is come summertime, I'm going to be weaseling my Drinks way on the patio, there. Yes. Yep. Yep. I'm going to bring a folding <laughs> chair like an old lady at a soccer game. I'm going to roll exactly. up, sit with and you we're... in your backyard and get fucking drunk. Love mm-hmm. that for us. That's exactly what I'm saying. We can, uh, we can do a, uh, sounds of the city podcast episode where it's us trying to record outside while, <laughs> well the distant the sounds city? of living in the middle of a city do you know what that's gonna be like that's gonna be like uh some crazy man screaming derogatory things um a dog barking 14 fire trucks going by and doug ford screaming into the ether that's what that's gonna sound like <laughs> it's doug ford screaming a la maison <laughs> no, he's just like two dollar beers <laughs> welcome to toronto <laughs> You can also, if you listen... This pandemic's over because everyone is staying at la maison. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen really, really closely, too, you can hear the faint, faint cries 
of Drizzy Drake. Just very faint. Oh, yeah. Somewhere yep. in his Toronto mansion. Also, in probably, you can are. also probably hear the really disgusting make, the really disgusting makeout sounds that Sean Mendes and Camilla Cabello are probably making somewhere from Sean Mendes' Toronto apartment. I... You know, that's a fear I have living in downtown Toronto right now is accidentally running into Sean Mendes and Camilla Cabello because Wait, I don't idolize here? either of them. Have they moved here? They're they're living here right now. Yeah. Where? Are they in my building? Oh my God. They, I, <laughs> they live in, all I know is they live in some sort of condo in Toronto, in downtown Toronto. Um, and it's a fear of mine that I will one day run into them because I don't idolize either of them. I don't really care for either of them, but they scare me as people. Why do they scare they just you? seem, I don't know. They, they're very public about their affection and it really freaks me out. And I just worry that I'm going to run into them in their trove of animals. <laughs> they seem to have, um, that's a fear. No, I that's have. fair. Um, that's, so. that's a very, um, that's a very unique fear i'm not gonna mm, play down your fear uh i feel like this is turning into a therapy episode camilla cabello cannot hurt you morgan oh god please turn it into a therapy episode i can't afford a therapist <laughs> we just turn the bizarre we therapize each other <laughs> one is day a it's, word? i don't know is it did i just make up a word you we therapize each other is that not a word <laughs> I've never heard someone use that. Is that someone? I Google it more. Is it a word? I swear it's. I'm looking it I up. I will Google. Hold on. Let's see who gets to it faster. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. No, you're Holy right. Shit. Therapize is a word. I'm smart. You're welcome. To be fair, the first thing and people also ask is therapize a real world word. So. <laughs> I'm just out here Dr. Seussing it, making up words. Oh, God. To be fair, though, I, if anybody between the two of us would make up words, it would be me. So that's that's legitimate. That's, that's legitimate. Um, Honestly, I for the most part, I believe the words that you say because you're the one getting a PhD and I stopped at a at a solid bachelor's degree <laughs> morgan you can't give me that amount of power that is very dangerous it's true that is that is a very dangerous position for me to be in wow I could commit, I could one of us so many things. will one of us might one day have the title doctor while the other never will <laughs> fuck i hope so that's what i'm paying for it's <laughs> four years from now then i will have the title doctor if the world does not explode before then or i die tragically um <laughs> but i've just gotta hang on you know for maybe if four uh, more years maybe one day i'll finally give in to my gray's anatomy fantasy and i'll become an actual doctor you know what i <laughs> will be an actual doctor a useless one but an actual no doctor. i just mean i just mean a practicing yes, doctor no, that is as fair. opposed to a a doctor in a jazz person hands. Who has a doctorate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're not a real doctor. I just mean doctor in a different sense. Listen, <laughs> you know one that uh, can save people. Yes, well, I can't. Um, <laughs> I I just can't wait for one day to be like on a plane or like in a public setting again when we can be, and someone's like, "Oh my god, is there a doctor?" And I'll be like, "Yes, here's my dissertation." <laughs> Would you like to hear about theater? <laughs> would you, would you care? Fuck. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, that's so disappointing. When I was, when I was out there in the dating game and I was, you know, swimming around with the other fishes, uh, this guy on Hinge, uh, saw, I had PhD like in my profile and this guy on Hinge was like, oh, so you're going to find the cure for COVID. And I was like. I just said didn't have the heart to tell him that my PhD was in theater. Yeah, my God. There are so many. Most people who have PhDs are not doctors, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not medical professions. No, I should <laughs> A never be A lot of PhDs one, are... Ridiculous. I think it's like... I think it, there is a statistic I saw where it's like most people who have their PhDs, it's either in like 
biology or in uh, English or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which makes sense, honestly. They're both mm-hmm. such like no, that makes sense. Like widespread topics. Oh man. Well, I guess I guess I should get into my presentation for today. <laughs> my <do>. academic <laughs> presentation. <laughs> Can you imagine? I just take this podcast episode, submit it to the next academic conference I speak at. I was like, hey. Please. <laughs> I thought, you know, I really need like a pick me up. And when I was thinking about a pick me up, I am I initially thought like, ooh, survivor stories. Like I need like a like a badass survivor just fucking like taking the world on and coming out strong. Um, inadvertently found also the most depressing story, but also a story of immense bravery. So it's like kind of like a double edged sword. Hey Morgan. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah, are you are you ready to go back to the 1970s? Oh, I was born to go back to the 1970s. Have you seen my hair? That that's <laughs> true. Morgan Morgan has been waiting for this moment. Okay, this week we're going to talk about Mary Vincent. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Okay, you know who she is. Of course you know who she is. What am I even fucking talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you started this podcast with? You did start it with me, actually. Who do you think I started you it with eventually <laughs> added into this podcast? I started it sadly with myself. Then uh, added you because I needed a companion. Um, and I think you're phenomenal and the list goes on and on. But anyways, Mary Vincent. Um, so in 1978, Mary Vincent was a 15-year-old hitchhiker and that sentence sounds so da- dangerous in many different ways, but in the seventies, like that was the norm. So am I recommending hitchhiking today? No, but please don't hitchhike. Please don't. I mean, COVID and people can be <laughs> a psychopath, but like several reasons why this is a bad idea. Anyways. Um, Mary Vincent grew up in Las Vegas and her parents worked for the casinos. Um, It says worked for the casinos. This is an article from ranker.com, but it doesn't say at the casino. So it's like you worked for the casinos. Like for some reason that sounds like fancier to me. I don't know why. Um, Her mother was a dealer and her father was a machine repairman. Um, So not atypical for teenagers at that time. 15-year-old Mary Vincent often skipped school and later took off with her boyfriend. So she, like, ran away. I mean, I'd like to think that isn't very typical for teenagers these days. I don't know any teens that have, like, skipped town with their boyfriend to go to Sausalito, California. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I know either. (laughs) But, you know, listen... Teach their own. The 70s were a wild time. We're not judging. Um, anyways, I guess he was older because um, authorities apprehended him on, like, I don't know if it was rape or statutory rape because it just says that authorities apprehended him on rape charges. So I don't know if he assaulted her. I don't know if he assaulted somebody else. I don't know if it was an age gap thing. I mean, what she was, she was, she was underage, was she not? She was, but I don't know about him. Yeah, because that would make sense, especially if she ran away and her parents were trying to be like, hey, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's the first thing that mom said (laughs) when she left. Hey, what the fuck? Uh Hey, what the fuck? (laughs) Where are you going? What the hell? Damn it, Mary. (laughs) Mary. Mary, why? (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, Mary Vincent returned to Las Vegas, but ran away again in September of 1978 and headed toward California to visit her grandfather in Corona, California. I did not know there was a place called Corona, California. There's a, did you know that there's a place in Toronto called, uh, it's just the bar is called Corona. Oh, that's unfortunate. Do you think I drive, I, I drove past it almost every day at work. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Corona, like the beer, but it's just the nice. bar is called Corona. <laughs> Do you think people who live in Corona, California drink Corona and maybe have gotten Corona? It's very possible. All right. I just, those are three things. I want to know if someone's lived in Corona, 
and while they were drinking a Corona, got Corona. Like that is, I need to know the triple Corona theory, <laughs> the triad of Corona. <laughs> Mary Vincent had spent the summer sleeping her sleeping in her boyfriend's car and was not hesitant to hitch hike her way across the state. On the okay. fateful night of September 29th, 1978, Lawrence Singleton slowed down in his van to pick up Mary Vincent in Berkeley, California. Um, wait, did I just say it was the evening? Because I lied accidentally. It's the morning. <laughs> I don't know why I said the evening. If I did say that, I'm losing my mind. I've. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. (sighs) All right. I guess we should talk about who this asshole was. Uh, Give some context. (laughs) I don't really like him, but we're going to find out why. So Lawrence Singleton (laughs) was a merchant seaman by trade. Upon finding Vincent, he, he looked like an old man who had a kind smile. And he told her that he had a daughter just about her age. He also told her he'd been heading into Reno, but would happily change course to take her to Los Angeles. Her destination, Corona, California, was just on the outskirts of the city, and she initially accepted his family man demeanor. It's always the nice guys. Oh, it's good. always the nice guys. It's always the nice seeming people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So despite his facade, middle-aged Singleton reportedly had a temper and was a violent misogynist. His second wife recently divorced him and his relationship with his teen daughter was strained as they had fought earlier in that year and never actually reconciled. In the past, he'd been convicted of contributing to the delinquency of a minor and had a history of alcohol abuse. So she, Mary Vincent, was obviously like unaware of this man's instability and got into his van. You're thinking, oh no, and you're right. Uh, So when Mary Vincent lit up her cigarette shortly after accepting the ride, she sneezed and Lawrence Singleton reached over to feel her neck, asking if she was sick. Mary Vincent didn't like the physical contact. Feel her, her neck? Yes. yes. He, (laughs) he touched her neck. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever been like, oh yes, I'm going to check my temperature to, with a neck. Uh, Yes. Like (laughs) when I'm feeling ill, you know what I want? A strange man to reach over and throttle me. Like, no, do not touch me, sir. But also I don't think your neck gets that hot when you're sick. Like obviously your whole body gets hot if you have a fever, but I don't think the neck is a particularly like temperate place. Maybe maybe (laughs) the forehead, but but I, even that's fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, all of that, like that's weird in general, but the neck is just a weird place to go. If you're like, are you sick? Yeah. Like, are you sick? Let me touch your neck. Let me just strangle you. Um, so, anyways, Mary Vincent obviously did not like the physical contact and, like, yeeted herself out of his reach. Um, eventually, because, you know, it's a car. And I don't know about you, but I always fall asleep so fast in cars. Like, if it's a long drive, she soon drifted off to sleep. Oh, yeah. So, like, I get it. Like, girl, I'm out. Um, so, at a stop, she offered to help him carry some laundry Um, before nodding off again, not thinking that anything was really wrong. But when she woke up, she realized they were way off course and were actually driving back towards Nevada, which is in the direct opposite direction that she wants to go. So scared and angry... Yeah, exactly. Scared and angry, she found a sharp stick in the car and pointed it at him. She demanded that he turn the van around and take her to where she was headed. Singleton calmly apologized and reassured her that he was just an honest man who made a mistake. Mary believed that he was remorseful and the ride continued. Mm. I'd be like, no, pull over, right? I would get out. I don't even, oh my God. So Singleton stopped the van to go to the bathroom. So Mary Vincent at this point got out to stretch her legs. And as she leaned down to tie her shoe, he struck her by surprise. He beat her across the back of her head, punching her until she fell. Hmm. I'm just going to give like a, um, <sighs> yeah, I'm just going to give a warning here because it gets very graphic from here on out. I, I don't think I'm going to give all the details mm-hmm. that the Riker article gives because I think it's, it's very, very explicit. Um, 
to the point where yeah. it made me and a little like, bit uncomfortable. I'm sure most, I'm sure most people know where this story goes. Yes, and if if you would like to read the article, you can literally just Google like Mary Vincent story ranker, and it'll come right up. But um, because mm-hmm. they're not shitting on this writer at all, but they're like very very graphic about, for example, where Singleton put his penis, and I'm like, hmm. Could have left that out. <laughs> Things we didn't need to know. Exactly. So I'm sparing all of you that information. You're welcome. Just doing my civic duty <laughs> as a podcaster. Um, anyways, he um, forced her to have sex with him or with the threat that she would die if she didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. So he dragged her to the back of the van and assaulted her. He told her not to scream or he'd kill her. And to obey him if she wanted to live. So he then restrained her. Um, and then when he was done sexually assaulting her, raping her, he cut her hands free and ordered her to drink some unknown alcohol from a plastic jug. Woozy and confused, Mary Vincent was then um, repeatedly raped again until she passed out. So... When she eventually regained consciousness after that fucking horrifying ordeal, he was still there. He ordered her to lie on the edge of the road, and she pleaded with him to set her free. Morgan, I know what you're thinking. This can't get worse, right? Um, it gets worse. It gets so much worse. As if worse uh, is even of possible. Of course it does. It always gets worse. It always fucking gets worse. Um, so... He began saying, you want to be free? I'll set you free. As he went to the van to find something, he returned with a hatchet and Mary struggled as he held her down and cut off her right arm. Oh, my God. I was reading this and I was like, oh, my God. I tried to watch the I Survived episode (laughs) about this and I, yeah, spoiler alert, she survives. I could not watch it. (laughs) <laughs> I got maybe halfway through and I was like, fuck, I, oh my God. Um, so she screamed. She's obviously like an immense pain. There's nobody around, by the way, on this like back ass, like highway. There's no one there. Um, he moved to the other arm, severing it below the elbow. So she has no fucking hands to protect herself. Um, Ugh. He then shoved her down, she was naked and bleeding, down the embankment, and then stuffed her into a concrete pipe and said, okay, now you're free, and left her there unconscious and near death. I, this is why I have trust issues. I can't. uh, Yeah, no, that'll do it. This is why white men scare me. Specifically, old white men scare the shit. That's why all men scare me. That's true, actually. All men are terrifying. (laughs) All men are just, oh, man. As someone who's dating a man right now, he's great. But (laughs) listen, if I mysteriously go (laughs) missing, no, I'm kidding. He would, he would never, because he knows I run a podcast. Um, (laughs) That's the only thing saving me is the fact that I run a true guy podcast. Uh, so when Mary Vincent regained consciousness, she was in a dire state, which is, I think that's a very obvious statement. Like no shit. She was in a dire stage bleeding out the bottom of a, of a ravine alone and naked. I mean, no one ever wants to be alone and naked in a public area, let alone bleeding half to death. Uh, so despite her insane injuries and insane trauma, Morgan, she stands up. And walks three miles out of the ditch. She fucking walks. <sighs> this woman is a god. <laughs> if any of us ever complain about period cramps again, I feel like we can't walk. We need to look at this story. Um, she had her, both her arms cut off and she was like, no, you know what? I'm going to walk. I'm, I can do this. Um, so she found out later was the del puerto canyon she followed the sounds of the nearby freeway and raised her arms to keep the bleeding to a minimum okay yeah so 
Upon reaching the freeway, the first people who spotted her sped away in fear, I, which is, I don't really want to blame them because I'm sure that would be like seeing something out of a horror movie, like a naked person who's got dirt and blood all over them and is missing hands like this bleeding. Like, I, I can't even imagine what that would look like. But a second couple, luckily, who'd been traveling on vacation stopped to help her. They wrapped her in linens in their car before driving her to a nearby airport. And there they called an ambulance. All she could say was three words. He raped me. <sighs> yeah. She, I like genuinely, th- the thing about this story is I can't believe that like, I would have just laid down and died. Like I don't I, have yeah. the like, uh, just the strength that she had. Such a str- insanely strong person. I can't even like such a such a strong person so let's keep in mind as well she's 15 years old so this isn't even like an adult woman like take you at 15 like me at 15 absolutely no i would have rolled over and just died oh you know what me at 15 probably would have been a little bit more feisty about it i uh i've lost some of my uh I think (laughs) I've lost some of my uh, will to live, if you will. You know, (laughs) that's fair. You know what? No, you can have some of my oomph if you want. I feel like I've gone the other way around. Perfect. I have it in surplus, so you can have some of mine. Amazing! Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I just don't give any fucks anymore. That's the problem. Um. So this 15-year-old survivor was so resilient and actually provided law enforcement with such a detailed description of her attacker that people actually immediately recognized the police sketch. During her recovery, specialists fit Vincent with prosthetics, and she returned to school, adapting to her new disability. So she just like was like, you know what? Hmm. I've been through this horrific affair. I'm going to put on some prosthetics, and I'm going to go back to school. She's like, I'm done. I was like, <laughs> I, I. Where is she? Maybe she should be president. Like, wh- what? What? I'm not shitting on Joe. <laughs> Joe, you're doing great already. But I'm just saying that kind of survivorship. <laughs> What's she doing these days? Yeah. What? Right. Well. Um. So when authorities apprehended Singleton, she actually testified against him in court. Singleton insisted that Vincent was a prostitute, claiming that he hadn't committed the crime. He also maintained that someone else had been in the car and Mary Vincent had threatened him with false accusations. Singleton called her a, quote, $10 a night whore. I... Uh... Even if she was a sex worker, she did not deserve to be raped and have her arms cut off. Like, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no saving yourself from this, my guy. Like, (laughs) yeah. Also, no one charges only $10. I'd like to just put that out there. (laughs) People, you know what? (laughs) Women's time, that's expensive. Listen, listen, the, um, uh, what is it? Um, money. The value of money has changed. Um, That's true. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. I just what thought is you it? had a stroke it's... there for a second. No. Um, <laughs> inflation. There we go. Inflation. <laughs> inflation. <laughs> $10 in the 70s could have been uh, $20 now. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Okay, but still, nobody's just like 20 bucks for a fuck. No, like, I know, I know. not. <laughs> at least, I'm just saying, at least charge them 60 He's an asshole. Um, so, despite everything that he'd said, Vincent stood up in front of the court and pointed one of her prosthetic arms at him. She only referred to him as my attacker taking away his name. And she declared in a firm voice that he did this to her. Years later, when he was arrested again, Mary testified again. So 
I know what you're thinking, Morgan, like, the, right? They probably, like, put him away for, like, a really long time, right? I'm, with the tone you're taking and my knowledge of how rapists are treated, probably not. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking celebrated, basically, in the American judicial system. Um, especially if they're a wealthy white man, let alone a crazy white man. Um, authorities had overwhelming evidence against Singleton and convicted him of multiple charges, including kidnapping, attempted murder, and rape. Mary Vincent quickly left the courtroom after Singleton made a quiet comment to her. He told her that he will finish the job, even if it takes him the rest of his life. So... Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Vincent was terrified. At home, she was having trouble with her family and felt isolated at her specialized school for the handicapped. Um, I feel like handicapped... I'm not as educated on this. I feel like that's not a word that's used anymore. I don't think so, no. I think I it's handy capable, so. but I also don't know. So I don't know when this I think it is handy capable. I don't know when this article was written. That's fair. I, uh, doesn't say Yeah, I don't I know enough. I'm not educated by. enough to talk on it, but yep, you might be right. I'm not educated enough to talk talk on it. So I'm gonna say handy capable. So at mm. home she was having trouble with her family and felt isolated at her specialized school for the handy capable. Um, she moved away as soon as she graduated and became secretive about her life and location. She was obviously very traumatized and depressed. She had trouble leaving the house. And, um, because of this, she saw many of her close relationships fall apart. She ended up living in fear for years, which is like, how could you not after going through that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm living in fear just hearing about this. I can't even imagine what that was like. So, going back to Lauren Singleton, after serving only eight years and four months, San Quentin released Lauren Singleton because he'd been a model prisoner. Uh, yep. A model prisoner. Of course he was a model prisoner. There were no women in prison for him to fucking brutalize. Yep. <sighs> that's, that's literally it. He doesn't have a problem with other dudes. This isn't a, this isn't a male-to-male mm. violence issue. His problem is with women. Um, so the public, thankfully, expressed a massive outrage against this leniency. The unremorseful prisoner still claimed that he was innocent and never raped or dismembered Vincent. So this is what I, I love this. I absolutely love this. This is like one of my favorite parts of this entire story. Towns in California refused to allow him to move or live there. Local sheriffs isolating him and making it so he, that he could not rejoin society as intended. <laughs> I love that. I think Good. that's incredible. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're not welcome here. So Singleton ended up spending his parole in a trailer on the San Quentin grounds after a curfew and sorry, not after, under a curfew and watch of guards because so many people threatened to fucking kill him for what he'd done. Yeah. So during this time, he joined Alcoholics Anonymous and claimed that he was sober, which I'm sure he was not. Meanwhile, Mary Vincent was still um, in hiding because she'd heard that he'd gotten out. So, unsurprising, Lauren Singleton felt that he was the victim in the attack against Mary Vincent and decided to sue her. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yep. He said that he remembered Mary Vincent threatening to accuse him of rape and that she had brandished, brandished a stick at him. He decided this was the reason he'd become violent, maintaining mistreatment from the courts. He filed a complaint suing Mary Vincent for forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. That she kidnapped him. What, sir? She doesn't have arms. <laughs> I don't... Morgan. Uh, uh, Fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to kidnap like, someone when the person you're allegedly trying to kidnap cuts off your arms. So, like, that's a... 
In what? Oh, God. Also, she's a 15-year-old girl. You're trying to tell me that a fully grown man is... No. No. Yeah. Like, wow, you're such a big man, like blaming this like little girl who you brutalized and victimized okay so he feigned sympathy for her claiming that he almost vomited three times and couldn't sleep for several nights after filing it um you'll be happy to know that the suit never actually gained traction and the course courts dismissed it right away so yeah good yep bye mary vincent was not the only one who feared singleton his own daughter, Deborah, spoke at length about the nature of her father and what he was like as a dad. When she found out that he was getting out of jail, she also fled and went into hiding, asking law enforcement if there was any way that they could keep him behind bars for longer. Um, finding California less than welcoming, Singleton moved back to his home state of Florida. Of course he was. <laughs> he was... Uh, then arrested in 1990 for petty theft. He was sentenced to two years and only served a fraction of the time. Of course he did. Yep. Um, here's where things get awful again. I feel like, sorry, they've been awful consistently, but here's where they get really awful again, <laughs> I should say. Uh, I feel like that's the tagline for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> been awful but here's where things get awful again (laughs) they get awful again everybody it's like we hit lulls and we're like oh shit and oh god going downhill again just when we thought we've hit rock bottom no 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 there's still we could sink further on february 19th of 1997 in tampa florida a local house painter had noticed a horrific scene unfolding inside a nearby residence he quickly called to police and described to them the following disturbing details A nude man covered in blood was repeatedly attacking a nude woman who lay motionless on a sofa. He would claim to the 911 caller that he could hear bones being crunched. The nude man who just continued on attacking was none other than Larry Singleton. The victim was 31-year-old Roxanne Hayes. She was a mother of three and doing what she could to support her family. She had agreed to meet Larry or Lawrence, whatever, I hate to use nicknames, whatever, Singleton, for $20. Mm -hmm. He would go on to claim that she tried to take more than the agreed-upon amount from his wallet, and a struggle ensued. While he was trying to get the knife from her, allegedly, she wound up being stabbed multiple times. His story is clearly made up due to the testimony of a house painter as an unconscious victim cannot struggle with the killer. Yeah, what? Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) She was already unconscious by the time that she was being attacked. I don't have words. I... It's just so sociopathic to just be like, no, 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 it couldn't possibly be my fault. It is not my responsibility. Like, the excuse, oh, she was a sex worker. It is not my fault. Uh, that's she took a typical my man's money. response. I was defending myself. Like, oh yes, poor you. Poor, poor you. Life must be so hard. Oh. <laughs> it's disgusting. How's life for the tiny little man? Let me just get Sorry. out your little violin of wine. So you'll be happy <laughs> to know that, as I said earlier, when this court case rolled around again mary vincent was there front row to testify about this disgusting parasite of a human being um this time he was convicted of murder and was sentenced to the death penalty i i'm not gonna get super political on the death penalty because i know this is a very divisive issue i'm personally not a fan of it Obviously, he was not innocent, but I would have just loved to have seen him suffer out his days. Yeah, I think that the only thing I will say about the death penalty is I don't think that humans should have the ability to choose who lives or dies. Yeah. And that's my thought. I just feel like it doesn't really make anything better. 
not that mass incarceration does anyways. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> we'll all be happy to know at least that he did. He did die in 2001 on death row. Um, finally giving Mary Vincent some sense of closure to the situation. However, his earlier release while serving the sentence for raping and dismembering Mary Vincent left anger and sadness. Wait, no, let me reread that sentence again. That wasn't going to make sense. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. His early... However, it's argued that if he wasn't released so early for raping and dismembering Mary Vincent, he wouldn't have murdered Roxanne Hayes. Like, it could have been prevented if they had taken him to be the dangerous person that he is. Yep. Yeah, no, that's how it always works. They always... If someone comes forward and says that they were assaulted, raped, brutalized... I don't know, like someone tried to murder them and cut off their arms. Maybe they're telling the truth and they're not exaggerating the situation because that is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just, it's, it hurts more lives than it does anything to save. So as somber as we've closed out this story to be, I would just like to point out that Mary <laughs> Vincent is an incredible person. She's a god. She's so invincible. And I... Oh my god. No, yeah, that's... She is stronger than I will ever be. Like, oh my god. That is a, that is a beacon for hope. Um, and such tremendous bravery. I don't really yeah. know. I don't really know what she's doing now. I hope she's not doing anything. I hope she's living somewhere. She's living her best life. Um, and that she's had a good rest of her life because she deserves it. I hope she's at peace. <laughs> Whatever she's doing. Yeah. I hope she's having a good time. I hope, I hope she's at peace. Um, it's hard to be at peace in this fucking world. Oh my God. Um, so I don't know if you heard that. But my phone just started playing music by itself. I did not tell Siri to start Love playing that. music, but it just did, which was terrifying. Um, anyways, I, I think this is just as awful and as brutal as this case is. It's also so beautiful to see this person continue to live her life and survive. And that is just that's what we all need to do, people. Just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Keep on going. Maybe don't hitchhike, though. That's also... Keep on going. Don't hitchhike. Yeah, please don't. If you absolutely... I mean, if you find yourself lost in the woods, <laughs> you have to use those beads to get out of the if, woods. If you're in a dire situation and you absolutely have to hitchhike, pick someone, like get into the car of someone that you think you could take in a physical fight if you had to defend yourself. <laughs> they you know? like slow down and you're like, nope, never mind. Sorry, sorry. No, good. If go I, on. If I can't take you um, in a fight, I'm not getting in your car, stranger. Hi, how much can you bench press? <laughs> nope, that's too much. Okay, have a nice day. <laughs> that's when, it, th- nowadays, what you do is you hitchhike by mm-hmm. getting someone to pull over, ask them to call you an Uber. Nice. <laughs> that's it. Nice. And then make them pay for it. Yes, that's how we hitchhike in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was kind of inspired to do this by, I recently watched this film. This is like, I, I know we're closing off the episode, but I want to sneak in a little film recommendation because I forgot to earlier. It's called promising young woman and Carrie Mulligan. Oh, is, is that the one? Yeah. Oh, that looks so good. I just watched it. Bo, is it Bo Burnham? Is that Bo Burnham. Name? Yeah. Yes. He's also in mm-hmm. it. Phenomenal in it. It, I'm obviously not going to reveal too much, but essentially you'll see this from the trailer. So this isn't too much of a spoiler. It's a woman who pretends to be blackout drunk by herself at a club and uses it to prey on men that prey on women. 
amazing. Um, what streaming service is it on? So I rented it off of iTunes, uh, but I'm sure eventually oh. it will be out on a streaming service. Uh, right now it's for rental on iTunes. Nice. But it nice. honestly, it was worth the 15 bucks to rent because I think it's probably now one of my favorite movies. It was so interesting. You know who's in it? The guy who plays mm. Schmidt, too, from New Girl. He's in it. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Adam Brody's in it. Um, is it Laverne? Oh, hell yeah. Laverne Cox is in it? Who played Rocky in the in the most recent, like, Rocky Yes, Horror? Laverne Cox. Okay, just making sure it is Laverne. I know the last name is Cox for sure, but I was like, is it Laverne? Um, such a cool cast. Such an interesting script. So... Margot Robbie yeah. produced it actually. So that's also an interesting thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's, re- I, I really recommend it. If you all need a movie that makes you feel so angry about the way that uh, sexual assault cases are taken and also badass in a way as well. Yeah. Those are, those are my final my last brain cell just died out. I don't know about you. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I don't have much else to add. <laughs> I, I don't think I can add anything after that. Oh, if you need another reason to watch the movie, the entire soundtrack is like girl pop anthems. Oh, hell yeah. Like, um, uh, uh, Harley yes. Quinn. It, it pretty much mm. it's like birds, birds of, prey. of prey in in terms of soundtrack um also great cinematography bright colors it's just it, it was very interesting yeah that's my oh that's so exciting yeah happy happy friday everybody and just keep on surviving please <laughs> do your best do your best to survive be like bernie be resilient <laughs>